Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome in on a Friday. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. We start the show with some breaking news. As I steal a bit from Brian Haydad, football season is officially canceled. No more football for the rest of 2023. Been trying to call for this for the past three weeks. Finally, our leaders have listened. No more football. It's not safe. You know, maybe the Big Ten and the Pac-12 had the right idea all along. We just don't need to play football anymore. It is not good for our health. Honestly. Kevin Warren had it right. He did. So we regret to inform all of you that no more football. It, it, it's over. Uh, go to do, do something else this weekend. And, Just no no football. And that, that being said, three hours of Food Friday here on Sports Talk Mississippi. On Food Talk Mississippi. Food Talk Mississippi. We've changed the name of the show. We fired Richard uh, because he doesn't want to cancel football. And uh, it doesn't matter what he says because it's over. No more football. We got basketball season Done. coming up, so we'll talk. We'll, we'll do. We'll, we'll transition to right, basketball we'll talk Mississippi <laughs> well, in a few weeks. Know, but as a Pelicans fan, you might want to keep an eye on that. I don't know. You might want to. I don't know if you want to go through this again or not. I need them to be good. I need it. We'll see. The, yeah, the, we'll I see. mean, it had, why? So help me out. I'm not a football coach. It's it's well established that I'm not a football coach. Pete Carmichael could break down a defense in ways that would sound like Spanish to me. However, mm-hmm. why on earth, over and over and over and over again, on third and short, do the New Orleans Saints run pass plays in which every receiver in the pattern is going vertical? Why do they do that so often? You need three yards last night in a critical drive, and everybody is just taking off like you're playing Madden. Four verts, baby. Just run down the field, and Derek will throw it to you. Maybe he'll throw it out of bounds. I don't know. It might get it picked off. doesn't matter. But we're just going to throw it just downfield. Y'all just run, and we'll throw it to you when we need three yards. Yeah. And that person gets paid 
to call those plays a lot of money. And it's over and over and over again. The fade, by the way, the the corner fade in in the red zone is one of the least successful plays in the NFL. Truly, it is, by by the numbers. Shout out Nick Underhill for that one. And we do that over and over and over again to Chris Olave, who could not out-physical my toddler. Okay, he's a burner. He's not going to wrestle a corner and jump up and win a 50-50 ball. He's a burner. You've got Mike Thomas on your team, and you're throwing corner fades to Olave on one of the lowest percentage plays in the sport over and over and over again. And then you lose again the same way, and then you get in the postgame and, oh, got to be better. Well, no, you know what? you got to be better. When you're coaching in the XFL next year, hopefully. Good, good. Use your aggressive feelings, boy. Strike them down with all your anger. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I've been doing this my whole life, man. I just, you know, but it's, we have, yeah, you have some moments, have some great moments. But I was literally at the point last night, like, just somebody tell Breeze to suit up. Tell him to suit up. Get accuracy. And then you've got Kamara after the game. Again, by the way, your best offensive player to this point. I mean, Michael Thomas is years removed from the record-breaking year. Again, after the game, saying other teams call offense based on matchups. We... Just call offense. Yeah. I mean, for an NFL team to have their best player just outright admit, our play caller doesn't exploit mismatches. Our play caller just calls plays. It's mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing to hear that from Kamara last night. And that's why I love guys like him, by the way, the, the refreshing honesty. Yeah, I mean, if that's... If that's how it is, then that's how it is, and I'm glad you said it as opposed to, oh, we just got to get better. But that is a stunning indictment on the guy calling plays in his offense. Stunning. It it really is something when it's like nothing seems to lead to anything, right? Nothing is setting up anything. They're not, we do this so that we can come back to this later in the game. It, It really does feel like somebody's just up there playing Madden. Like, ooh, I like this one. What's this route? Yeah, let's run this. You know, and some somebody will be open. We'll figure it out. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of issues in New Orleans. A lot of issues. Somebody says, seems like a coaching I'm, issue. Oh, here here's a longer message. Sorry from the same person. I know it's fun to pile on Derek Carr, but his receivers are giving him zero help. The offensive line has been a nightmare as well. There's lots of talent. Seems like a coaching issue. That's, that's where I fall. Carr was not good last night. Don't get me wrong. Frankly, there were spots where he was really bad. But again, there was a, and it happened last week in the red zone. The Saints had the ball with a touchdown to win the game in Houston on their 27 yard line, first and 10, with a timeout just under a minute left. And they ran four consecutive, basically four vert plays, where, where the, the routes went to the end zone for every person in the pattern four straight times. 
And then a week later, they do the exact same thing. Not in a critical spot, by the way. Just in the fourth quarter, like they didn't have to throw it to the end zone, plenty of time, all that, but third and short, what do they do? The same thing that got them in trouble in the red zone a week ago. And so yeah. when everybody's – and again, Carr was not good last night. He was not good. But when you when you see the overhead shot of what he is supposed to try to throw to on third and this far, if you're watching on Super Talk TV, as far as my arms reach, that's all they had to get. It's, just spread your arms out, and that's that's what it is. And that's what they choose to do. Yeah, it's just poor. And at the end of the day, though, we know this is this is an NFL team, so there's not going to be any, emo- any emotion involved. We know that there's not going to be, you know, well, he's it, it, they'll just fire him at the end of the year and we'll move forward with a new guy. Yeah. But I mean, it's just that simple. He's, on, he's already on borrowed time. Yeah. But he says, we have football games until February 2024. Nope, season's nope. canceled. Wrong answer. It's been canceled, buddy. <laughs> Sorry to be the, have to one, be the one to have to tell you. Debbie says that she had to go to bed at halftime. Why don't they use Hill more often? Especially especially when you have first and goal, right? And those have worked yeah. earlier. First and goal should always be a Taysom Hill snap. Especially should always when it works. be a Taysom Hill snap. Yeah. And with a little run pass option there. Just let him roll out. Somebody goes with him. If it's there, dump it off. If it's not, take it in. Russ says, do they still make brown paper bags going to need them? You know what's so stupid about this team and this season, Russ? What's so dumb? They are still very much, very much in position to win the division. And the schedule is a joke. Their next few weeks, I mean, the schedule is easy as it possibly could be. And so for a few weeks, they'll win a couple of these games. They'll figure out some things. They'll win a couple of these games. And they'll keep their fans just engaged enough before they blow it at the end. Uh, because the division is terrible, and and that's what's going to happen. Uh, I promise that's what's going to happen. They've got the the mini buy yeah, is what they that. call it, and so they'll win Sunday. And oh. don't forget Jimmy Graham, who we got. I thought he, who we thought was the throw it to the red zone guy or throw it in the. I'm reading this message terribly. You get my point. They signed Jimmy Graham, didn't use him in, in that spot. He didn't dress. Wasn't on wasn't on the field last night. Not even on, not even you know as a backup. Like that's the guy to throw end zone fades to. He knows how to get those balls. But anyway, that used to drive me crazy. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen Mississippi State do the same thing: throw a five foot nine receiver a fade in the end zone. You're like, you have tight ends for a reason. You have tall receivers for a reason. Like I, I don't have a problem with an end zone fade every now and then, but if you throw it to a five foot nine guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something to you. I know I don't think Olave's five nine, but you get my point. Yeah, you got bigger, stronger, more physical targets. Use them. Somebody says maybe they'll let the O line coach call plays like Southern Miss. Uh, the offensive line coach is Doug Marone. No, <laughs> so, no. Don't I mean, do it's better than Pete Carmichael though, right now. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we just let me call the plays? And by me call the plays, I'm going to be like, hey, Drew Brees, come back and help me call the plays. Somebody says football season is really canceled for Greenville Christian. I don't know what that's in reference and to, actually, but. They, uh, their season was canceled today. They were found to uh, be using ineligible players. Oh. So their season actually was canceled. So is the rest. So, so yeah. the rest of it's canceled. They, they were just ahead of the news. They found out first. I don't know how. The, they got the news first. 
601-879-4395. Buddy, hey, hey, man, we're just messing with you, I promise. That football season's not canceled. Uh, the Saints just stink, and, and so. It should be. We'll be right back. Text us, 601-879-4395. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, with you. We get this message. Hey, Dad, don't give up on football. That red and yellow Hulk Hogan wrestling attire will fit right in with you at Kansas City. Get on board the Travis and Taylor train. Nah. Too old to be changing things. Yeah. Like we said before. change. What happened last night builds character. Although, I I have a new uh, least favorite person. The guy that when you are watching a game... And I, I, I'm at a place where it's Saints fans only. It's like a Saints bar. Everybody in there is a Saints fan. They've got every TV on the Saints game. Uh, the best promotion of all time at this bar, by the way, is they, they give free shots after a Saints touchdown. Well, buddy, uh, mm-hmm. they get people in the bar, but they don't have to give any free alcohol because the Saints never score touchdowns. It's amazing. But... When uh, when the Saints gave up the go-ahead touchdown from Jacksonville in the fourth quarter, a guy's walking by, and I like, I like hit the table a little bit, and like we're, we're all mad. And the guy walks by, and goes, "Oh, who scored that?" And we told him, he's like, "Huh? Well, that's great for my fantasy team," and walked away. <laughs> like, <laughs> Buddy, we don't give a you know what about your fantasy team right now. Like we don't ever at all. But in this moment. You walk up to strangers to brag about your fantasy team? I wanted to throw a bottle at his head. I didn't, because I've I'm got restraint, a, but I wanted I'm to. A, I'm in a point-per-reception league. I have I had Kamara and Kirk. Nice. So I'm off to a good start for the weekend. <laughs> at least I have that. At, 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 least, uh, at least you have that. Um... The dumbest quote I've ever seen, by the way. So we'll get into the Michigan stuff. Uh, there's new details on the Michigan sign-stealing thing, which it goes pretty deep, honestly. Uh, they got caught red-handed is what happened. And people have known about this for, for quite some time, and they were doing it differently than everybody else. And frankly, I think they deserve to get punished. There's this discourse about, well, you know, everybody wants to steal signs or or whatever. No, they got caught red-handed, buddy. Uh, yeah. They should kind of suffer the consequences of that. But anyway, Greg Sankey yesterday was quoted in saying this. So, as, as you guys may or may not know, college football is being consumed at an extremely high level. Viewership is really, really, really good. Like, way up year over year ton of high-profile games, drawing big numbers. College football is really healthy in terms of television viewership this year, doing a really good job. And attendance, is, especially in the SEC, is actually really good and healthy. Craig Sankey said this yesterday. 
And I know that the NIL problems may not manifest themselves in attendance and TV ratings right now. Keep in mind that TV ratings are at a time when there has been a set of strikes that doesn't provide a lot of new programming outside of sports, end quote. That is the commissioner of the SEC claiming that the writer's strike in Hollywood is contributing to college football's ratings being good. What are you talking sure. about? I mean, well, let's, let's go with that. I mean, uh, we didn't get a new uh, episode of Chicago Fire this week, and you think those people on Tuesday night are like, well, I missed... I missed the episode of The Alienist on Wednesday at 8, so I'm going to go watch the college football game that I'd never, ever watch on Saturday. All of those shows that these writers were striking against writing famously air at 2.30 on a Saturday afternoon. Is The Alienist a real show? Yes, it is. Okay, I'd never heard of it. All right. That's the only fine. reason why That's I know fine. what it is because that, that clip of Barkley, uh, of of Shaquille O'Neal telling Barkley that he doesn't know how to read, and so they get Barkley to read the uh, promotion for the TNT's The Alienist, and he can't read it. That's the only reason why I know that's a show on, on TNT. But um, okay. that's the commissioner of the SEC saying, actually, guys, our product's not popular. It's not. It's just the writer's strike. No. What it? What is he talking about here? I mean, I guess the angle is to try to get Congress to pass stuff, but actually, we're extremely popular and people are, go- are going to our games, but don't be fooled because of the writer's strike. What is he talking about? I've thought about it for two days. I can't wrap my mind around why he would say that. What? What's funny about that is, you know, it feels like it's, it's counterintuitive to what he would want to say. Be like, you think he would, be, he would go with the, yeah, we've never been more popular, and it's just going to keep going there. So our next TV contract better be outrageous if you want to keep us. And instead, he's like, oh no, the bottom could drop out at any moment. It's so I don't weird. get it. it. It is so weird. But point is, college football is actually really healthy. And I think Andy Staples is spot on when he says, despite the noise on Twitter and message boards, the overwhelming majority of people don't really care uh, about money and transfers. They really just kind of watch college football on Saturdays, and that's just what they do. And it, they don't get into the minutia of it. And it's a very small percentage I mean, of people that dive into the details. The case in point, Brian Haydad. Yeah. Hey, Dad, comma, Brian, could care less about NIL, could care less about the transfer portal, only care about watching the games. How the sausage gets, you know, it's Polk's Food Friday. How the sausage gets made, don't care. How does the sausage taste? Care a lot. I had some Polk's for And it is delicious today, week actually. in and week out. Fantastic. Literally ate just, all, all I've eaten today is one full link of Polk's Cajun sausage. That's all I've eaten today. Uh, my fridge is bare, and uh, that's all I had. But uh, I'm glad I had it. Somebody said that's nothing short of absurd. Apparently, uh, according to Derek and Greenwood, the alienist is canceled now. That's a shame. Um, I hate to hear it for, for the fans of the alienist out there. I uh, know. Apparently, uh, Derek and Greenwood being one. Kelsey wants to know if we've talked about James Madison yet. Uh, no, we haven't. They got a win last night. It was 3-2 to two there midway through the third quarter. Uh I learned something today. So you know how we talked about 
James Madison not being postseason eligible and how absurd that is and all that yesterday? I learned it's even worse than that. James Madison players... Yeah, I, I saw this, yeah. yeah, ...are not... Their, their stats essentially don't count. James Madison right. should have the country's sack leader. It's not listed on the NCAA's website. Won't be rec- If he finishes the year with the, with the most sacks, he will not be recognized by the NCAA as being college football sack leader. That's part of the, the deal when they transition from FCS to FBS, that the NCAA does not even recognize the players' accomplishments and the games they're allowed to play in. Well, there you go. Can't it fathom makes it. total sense to me, right? I like, this is another... The NCAA is literally like, like a five-year-old kid sometimes. They literally make it up as they go. You know? Yeah. Like, kids playing pretend over there, and like, oh, what are you doing? And he'll tell you, oh, can I do this? No, you can't do that, even though you know that's part of the rules, right? Like, he's playing grocery store. Oh, can I buy some groceries? No, you can't buy groceries here. Why not? Hey, you're too tall. You know, it's, it's like... Yeah, stuff like that. You're too tall. So the NCAA does. Oh, you can't you can't be in the uh, bowl game for two years after uh, joining the FCS. Why not? Oh, you're too good. Too good too quickly. We're not even going to keep your stats either. I mean, your, your stats don't count. We're going to keep your stats. Well, you can keep them, but we're not going to keep them. Yeah, no. So I mean, like, what do they what do they think they get from that? Like, what what's the point? Like, if you the, the bowl thing, maybe kind of I could be talked into it. Sure, probably not, but whatever. But, like, why would you not keep their stats? Do you think their stats don't count? Do you think like, the NFL is going, well, we were going to draft that guy. He looks good, but uh can't, can't find any stats on him. Yeah. What, 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 what is the point? There, There is none. Uh, back to the Saints, Vincent Pontox says, put Hill in the pistol with two big guys two yards behind him and tell the other team, we're just going to slam it down your throat four times. But I'm just a... Uh, Angry fan, offense bad, red zone offense, or whatever is worse than bad. Here's a the the thing that frankly bothers me the most is the kicking game. You let Gillikin go, and you, you pick Groupie over Will Lutz, and Groupie has missed three field goals in two games that have dramatically changed the complexion of how you handled those two games, and the 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 chosen punter is awful. Like, every punt. He's he's bad all the time. But in the spot where you needed him to get the ball out of your own territory, what was it a 34-yard punt where the Jags scored two plays later? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's high school stuff. If they're not having – if they're not bringing punters and kickers in, I don't think Gillikin's on a team. I, I, I think he's waiting for somebody to call him, like, if a punter gets hurt or whatever. I don't think – if they're not having those conversations today, then they're an unserious franchise. You cannot continue missing field goals and having 34-yard punts consistently and expect to win games. Not in the NFL, where most games are one-score games in the fourth quarter. You can't have a bad punter in that situation. It cost them a touchdown last night. (sighs) I thought we had moved on, but you brought us back to the Saints here. I've I've thought about them all day, and I've hated them all day. I can't. I cannot wait for it. So, Will, tell us about this Madison Central uh, Germantown matchup. Oh, and by the way, the Saints are awful. <laughs> we'll talk high school football next. Don't go anywhere. Communication system is a go. go. This, this is. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Welcome back to Therapy Talk Mississippi. Honestly, hey, Dad, those first two segments felt great. Getting just all of the Saints' anger just out. Yeah. And just talking about how I'm bad a, they are. I'm going to give you a, 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 a thing that a friend and I do. Yeah? I want you to do it right now here on the air. Ready? Just ready? Just, uh, just let it Let's let it out. Just, just but, go with it. I'm telling you, you feel better afterwards. I, I feel better. And now we can talk hey. high school football, we can talk college football for the rest of the show and be happy instead of watching that garbage in third and three, let's just run four verts and throw it deep and then lose to... He's Will East again. joins us right now on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. I've got uh, the solution for the kicker. Yeah? He's in Ripley, Mississippi yeah, right now. Okay? Okay. And not only is he a great kicker, he's the best kicker in all of Mississippi mm-hmm. high school football right now, Okay. Earlier this year, okay. he nailed a 51-yarder to win a game, really big game. Sign him up. He's uh, yep. ne- he last last week he nailed a 40-yarder. I don't know if he's missed one all year long. He was like 92 of mm-hmm. 94 for PAT attempts at one point. I think he's made like 55 straight, something like that. And not he's only, an agent. I'll talk not to him only that, he's got a great kicker name. Fred the Leg. I'm listening. Fred the Leg. Yes. Freddy yeah, Lopez of Ripley. Is who you need to say. Listen, I guess I don't know what what the laws are. I don't know what the laws are for going from high school to NFL, but I'm sure we could work out a deal, okay? Let him do it. He could do it. Just bend the rules, whatever it takes. Because I mean, Blake Groupie looks like he's in high school anyway. So, I mean, he's the guy that the security guard wouldn't let him into the facility, even though he had his team pass because they were like, there's no way you play football. You're not on the team. He's he has taken multiple swirlies since he, he joined the team. I, I guarantee it. Deserved it. I guarantee it. I mean, I hope Kamara's yeah. just uh, stuffing him in a locker right now. But yeah. anyway, uh, high well, school Will, our first tonight. question. our first question is, who is Madison Central playing? Was I right earlier in the previous segment? Would, I just you, made something about a thin Ed, air? You were right. Madison Central's playing Germantown. Is Madison Central tonight. playing Germantown? Playing Germantown <laughs> at Germantown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. That was just a I random just pulled guess. pulled it out of thin air. Yeah, I had right no idea his, Madison Central was You playing. know, it just came right out of yeah. there and nailed it. Right. Both of yeah. Germantown's like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde since it's kind of Halloween season. Uh, they go yeah. and beat Startville one week, and the next week they turn around they get blown out by Tupelo. I don't know what's going on with Germantown. And then Madison Central's, Madison Central's biggest enemy right now is Madison Central. Self-inflicted wounds, pick sixes, interceptions, I mean, just you name it. Uh, muffed punts, they've done it all. Uh, Madison Central is really struggling right now. If they get everything together, they could be a really good team, but so far they just haven't been able to do it. That those are the uh, those. That's one of the big games going on tonight. The biggest game tonight, though, guys, is Rankin County Super Bowl. Okay, Pearl, Brandon, and the reason why I love the Rankin County Super Bowl is not because of the game. The game's usually really good. Usually two very good teams. It's important for the standings. It's a long-standing rivalry. I like it because both the towns hate each other. That's why I enjoy yeah. it. They hate each other so much. If you're not from central Mississippi, I'm going to tell you a little secret. They hate each other so much, they invented their own disparaging term Okay, to use towards one another. Eat dirt. Okay, The loser is told to eat dirt for 364 days out of the year. 
after they lose the game. I love this game because it is all about each team, each town, each citizen of the town disliking each other, and that makes for a really good game. Brandon's the hottest team in the state right now. Last week they went on the road and beat Oak Grove, punched Oak Grove in the mouth to start the game. They came out swinging, basically through a uh, 60-something-yard touchdown pass on the first play of the game. They're on the road. Landon Varnes throws that touchdown pass on the ensuing kickoff. They go for the onside kick. They get it. They go down there. They score, never look back. They win 38-20 to over Oak Grove last week. And Oak Grove tonight has got to kind of compose themselves because they're going on the road to play Northwest Rankin. And both of those teams, Oak Grove got surprised last week against Brandon. Oak uh, Northwest Rankin got surprised last week by Meridian. Meridian's running back ran 41 times last week against them for 350 yards and a couple touchdowns. Northwest Rankin just didn't have an answer for him. They had plenty of opportunities to stop that him. Daniel Hill? Daniel Hill. That kid could not be stopped yeah. last week. Uh, he is incredibly good. So Northwest Rankin and Oak Grove, that's another big one. Region 3 of 7 is turning out to be incredibly good. But by far the game of the night is involving – it's in Tupelo. It involves two teams that are incredibly similar to each other. They both have black and gold. They both have feline mascots. They're both undefeated, and they both play like each other, and that's Amory taking on Ripley. I told you about Ripley's kicker, Fred the Leg, best kicker in all of Mississippi high school football. They just got their starting quarterback back. He was out uh, earlier this season for a shoulder injury. He came back last week, and now they have added a quarterback to an already incredible team, Ripley's getting ready to roll. Uh, them and Louisville, I mean, that, that's going to be a fun one if it happens. But tonight they got to face an undefeated Amory team who's doing really well this year. And Amory is playing in Tupelo because, of course, their football facilities got uh, messed up pretty bad in that EF3 tornado that came through a couple months ago through Monroe County. So they've been playing at Tupelo all this year on that blue turf. So that would be the game that I would be at tonight if I was going to a football game. Folks, the football season is almost over with. The regular season is almost over with. Two games left on the schedule. I cannot believe that it's almost playoff time, but everybody's kind of jockeying for position. And this year is so unpredictable. There's so much parity. I mean, last week we had the number one team, the undefeated 7A team, Oak Grove, go down. You don't know what's going to happen out there. And it's been just such a fun season so far because of that parity. Will, who's a team anywhere in the state that you think, man, that's a really good team, but they are in real danger of, of missing the playoffs if they can't get a couple of wins here? Madison Central. Uh, I don't know about missing the playoffs because they're in a they're in there with Clinton and Clinton. I believe only has one loss, Clinton. maybe the yeah. But they they're in serious danger. And Madison Central is such a powerhouse program that it's it's kind of weird to see them in this position. And again, it's been self inflicted wounds. It hasn't been this team just came out and and whooped them and that was that. It's been pick sixes. It's been. Muffed punts. It's been all these things that they've done to themselves. They can't figure out the quarterback position. This kid's playing and that kid's playing. It's just been kind of all over the place with Madison Central this year. I didn't, I thought that they would be much better than what they are. And they started off that way. You know, they beat Brandon to open, they blew out Brandon, uh, in the first, in the second game of the season. So I really thought they were going to be on a roll this year and it just hasn't 
come to that. So I would say that's a team that, that is really struggling right now. West Point is another one that really struggling. They lost last week. Tonight, I think they play Lafayette. Uh, and Lafayette's a, a tough team, and they're looking for a win in that series. They, I don't think they've beaten West Point in quite a while. So that's another one that is struggling a lot more than what I thought. How about the flip side of that? Uh, well, is there a team out there that really surprises you with how successful they've been? You know what? The coast is really surprising I me. Mean, the big teams on the coast, the past decade, they have really, maybe even longer than that, they've really struggled. Uh, but this year, North, uh, this year, Ocean Springs and Gulfport have done much better than what I thought they were going to do. Ocean Springs lost Bray Hubbard, who's now at Alabama. They lost their um, head coach, who Blake Pinnock, who went over to Gulfport. I thought they were really going to struggle this year. They've been much better. And then Gulfport has been really good this year. Uh, I think this Amory team is one, too, that is really surprising me. Remember last year they had Rufus French's kid, uh, Charleston French, as yeah. the running back. Uh, he graduated. He's gone. I thought they were going to really struggle this year. I, and then you t- taking all the stuff about not playing at home, and they're having to play at Tupelo. You, you know, it's just kind of weird. You you would think that would impact them, but it hasn't. They're seven and zero, and have really played some really good football this year. Um, I, I'm really surprised by the way that Amory's done. So it's a, it, that's a really really good story. This question from Gib asking how Grenada has been this year. I, I was trying to quickly Google it to see if uh, if I could give him an answer in, in case we didn't have time, and it pulled up the Grenada national soccer team. So uh, it's the Grenada national soccer team, not Grenada. They pronounce called it the Isle of Spice. The <laughs> Grenada. Uh, Grenada's doing much. They're doing. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They beat. So the the interesting game for them was Lake Cormorant. Lake Cormorant has that is it Camarion Franklin who's committed to Ole Miss now, the five star defensive yes. end. Uh they went in there undefeated and Grenada whipped them twenty seven to zero. Uh so that was really surprising. I think they're probably gonna go the big game for them is at the end looking at their schedule is at the end of the year. They're gonna play South Panola. South Panola is one of the teams to beat in six A. They're a six A team now. Uh, they didn't move up to the larger classification during reclassification. So Grenada and South Panola to end the year that game's gonna be at South Panola. That will be a very big one for Grenada. Uh Caleb says to to get Fred the leg a, a degree from ITT Tech to to get him on the Saints. <laughs> would, would that count? I mean can you get one of those online degrees and yeah, I mean, I guess, right? We'll, we'll figure something out. We'll, gonna... we'll find a way. But uh, Fred the leg. Fred the leg. Get him on the Saints. Will, thanks, uh, as always. Uh, preview show coming up here? Yeah, uh, preview show coming up. Somebody keeps asking about the uh, Greenville Christian, them yes. forfeiting the rest of the season. Super Talk News is working on a story as we speak that will come out in just a moment. Great. When that does, we'll, uh, we'll bring it to you. And then uh, scoreboard show tonight, as always. At 10 p.m., preview at 6 p.m., a lot of fun stuff out there. The regular season's almost over with. Great weather for high school football tonight. That's Will East, our uh, Hey, that nice boss, by the way, on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go. Don't don't let him get the big head. (laughs) It's already huge. (laughs) We will be right back. Text us, 601-879-4395 on the C Spire text line. Two questions coming up to start the 4 o'clock hour as well. Talking Ole Miss Auburn, Mississippi State, Arkansas. We'll be right back. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sun is hot and that old clock is moving slow. It's 
Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. Glad to be with you on this Friday. We got a couple of questions about what game uh, Richard's calling this weekend. It is UTSA uh, Florida Atlantic, I believe, is the game that he's calling this weekend. Oh, Tom Herman. Tom Herman. Yeah. Get that early scouting report for me. Great job. That's 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 just good timing. Is all that is. I didn't even know. Oh, we'll have a full man. report. I'll have him on the podcast now. Oh, you're Tell us about Tom Urban, Richard. You were bringing up Urban Meyer for Texas A&M yesterday. Prompted a state fan Absolutely. buddy of mine to text me about Urban Meyer in Mississippi State. So you are just no, creating. Now, 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 you're creating just let's, let's, stuff everywhere, Aiden. We we, we got to be a little more realistic, though. We can't Urban Meyer at Mississippi State. Not no, not not happening. But Tom Urban. I love our audience sometimes. Uh, just like how you guys sometimes. think of us. Yeah, sometimes. David sends us a picture. And honestly, this is really cool, David. Like, I'm, I'm glad you did this. I, I am not being flippant or sarcastic. Like, I am, I'm glad you sent this to us. He sends us a picture. Uh, he said, zoom in close <laughs> to the tree is what he said. And sure Whoa, enough, there is, yeah. there is an albino squirrel in David's yard. He said it's a one in, is that 100,000 chance uh, to get an albino squirrel? I think is what he says. That it, That is 100,000, yes. But That's that is cool. a pure white squirrel in his yard. That's awesome. That's cra- That's crazy. Uh, for That just made my day, David. I, I love that. Uh, I, see, I see squirrels every day, and I've never seen an albino one. Me either. And I've got plenty in my yard because they torture Maverick. Oh, they just, they troll the heck out of him. So, uh, he's a bird dog, but really that means he's a, an animal dog. He will chase anything that moves. And the squirrels in the yard will... I swear they troll him because he'll chase them up a tree, and obviously he can't climb the tree, especially like a big pine I've got in the back. And the squirrels will turn around knowing that he can't get up the tree any further, and they'll look at him and they'll just wave their little bushy tail at him. And they'll, they'll just move their tail looking he, at him like you Maverick idiot. is the three-legged dog, is that correct? No, that's June. She's the three-legged one. I saw a three-legged dog on my walk this morning. He didn't look too happy to see me, so I tried to avoid him. It's like... <laughs> Hey, buddy. And he was like, nah, nah, not today. And I was like, all right, well, I'll walk over here then. No big deal. There's a, uh, we'll get to two questions coming up next. Uh, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Miss Auburn. Uh, talk to Bruce at 437, get his picks. Richard will call us uh, here in a little while, Food Friday. Full show. I saw this video and it's going viral. And this is a, a, a now bucket list item for me that will never actually happen. But still, I want to know what your equivalent to this is. Jim Nance, you guys all know Jim Nance, uh, lives on property at Pebble Beach. One of the most beautiful settings in all of sports, really, but especially in golf. He lives on the property at Pebble Beach. And the seventh hole is one of the more iconic holes in the sport. It's the par three with the ocean directly behind it. And on the right day, the waves are crashing into the rocks right behind the green. And the, the waves come up. I mean, it's, it's an incredible scene. Jim Nance is walking the property with a coffee and walks up to a group on seven and starts giving them play-by-play as if they are on television and he's on television. And this guy's hitting a shot with Jim Nance doing his, here on number seven, he's got a one-shot lead here at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and does his whole shot for him as he's standing, as he's on the seventh tee. And that is, I mean, I could not imagine how cool that must have felt for the guy that hit the shot. That, that's now a that's thing awesome, that I need man. to have happen to me in life. 
What would that equivalent for you be, though? Because I know you're not a golf guy, so that wouldn't resonate the same. What would that mean? What would that be for you? Jim Ross. Yeah. Jim Ross. If I was in a bar or something, and you know, just putting down beers or something, you know, just my God, King. Something I don't know exactly what he would say, but yeah, Jim Ross would be would be the one for me. Is that the guy that goes, "Oh no, no, no"? That guy. He doesn't say that, but he's like, "My God, King." Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll, I can find you a clip if you want one. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I can get him and Jerry the King Lawler to commentate on me doing anything would be that would be my bucket list thing. I think. Man, how how cool is that? Nance is. I mean, I know pe- people make fun of Jim Nance. I don't understand it. I don't get it. If you don't think Jim Nance is is world, he's living class. the life you wish you were lived. He wishes he lives the life we all wish we were living. He's rich and he calls sports for a living. He call and he doesn't just call sports. He calls the best of sports. He gets the Super Bowls. He has the Masters. He has the NCAA Final Four. He has the best NFL game every week. He's living the life. He's got his own Cabernet, you know, and a clothing line too. Who is it? Like yeah. Vineyard Vines or somebody that? It's he's of course it's Vineyard Vines. Yeah, I, uh, I love that guy. Absolutely love them. We'll do two questions when we come back, getting ready for Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Ole Miss, Auburn. Football is actually not canceled, even though the Saints are terrible. Vital games this weekend for the Rebs and the Dogs for separate reasons, but still big, big games, both on the road. We will talk about them. We want you to be a part of it as well on the ceasefire text on 601-879-4395. We will do the annual tradition, seven years running now, if I remember correctly, Two questions on a Friday. When we come back, don't go anywhere. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. It's hour number two on this Friday, a football Friday. Glad that you guys are with us. Just talked high school football. We'll get picks with Bruce. We'll make some of our own. But right now, it's kind of like our final uh, preview of the week, really, is, is what we're doing here. It's two questions, and we'll start with the game that starts the day, Mississippi State and Arkansas. If the Bulldogs are going to go up there and pull an upset, They absolutely must do what? Get enough stops. And and what I mean by that is this. Uh, This is not the 2018 Mississippi State defense, the 99 Mississippi State defense. This is not a dominant defense by any stretch of the imagination. They're going to give up points. They're going to give up yards. It's about how many, and it's about making the stops at the right time. I think for State to win, they need to keep Arkansas between 28 and 31. In that range, they can win the game. Anything over that, it becomes a real chore for Mississippi State. And I'm not really sure how good State's going to be offensively with Mike Wright back there instead of Will Rogers. So your defense has got to give you opportunities to win the game. They've got to get 
off the field, and they maybe have to force a turnover or two. Jefferson's been giving the ball away a little bit more than you would expect with him. Find a way to pick off a pass, put yourself into plus territory, put yourself into scoring position early. You can't, I don't, you know, State's not ever going to shut anybody out. They're not going to win any games, you know, 13 to 10. It's just about getting enough stops to be competitive. I like that. Mine is, uh, they absolutely must be creative in ways that Arkansas has not seen before. If it is, in fact, a Mike Wright game because Will Rogers is unable to go physically, then. I, again, I expect that there was some gamesmanship with what Zach Arnett said about, oh, well, you're going to see the same stuff uh, that you saw earlier this season with Mike Wright at quarterback. I have a feeling he was embellishing some, as he should have in that spot, mind you. I am not making fun. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. But I feel like he was uh, not not revealing his cards in that spot, and he shouldn't, because th- this Arkansas team has held quarterbacks in check that have athleticism for three consecutive weeks. Now, they've lost all those games, but uh, look at Daniels and Dart uh, and Milrow's numbers and compare them to what you expect from those quarterbacks, frankly. Uh, they did a pretty good job at limiting those guys. I I need to see, in state fans, you need to see Kevin Barbeck, frankly, earn his salary th- this week. Th- this is where, prove it. I- if you are a worthy offensive coordinator in the SEC and you've got this guy that, albeit not a particularly great thrower of the football, that is super athletic, let's see what you can do with that guy. Let's see what you can do with a week off, extra time to prepare against a team that has been battered and beaten down in a game that you're kind of desperate to have. How good are you? I think we're about to find out creativity with Mike Wright. Things that Arkansas hasn't seen before is the biggest key to me for Mississippi State in this game. On the flip side, they absolutely cannot do what if they want to pull the upset tomorrow? Start slow. Uh, Arnett talked about it when I did my interview uh, with Jackson Fuller, who covers the, the Razorbacks for USA Today. He talked about it. He said Pittman had talked about it. Both of these teams are lacking for confidence right now. You know, they, they've both struggled this season, especially Arkansas, five straight losses. Whoever can get out to an early lead, that, that might be a heck of a haymaker. If somebody can get up 7 nothing, 10 nothing in the first quarter, that's going to be, you know, the, the other team is going to, to reel from that because they just don't have a lot. I don't think either team is, is a lot of confidence. I think both teams are kind of fragile right this second. So. Whoever gets out to the, the fast start is going to probably win this football game. It needs to be Mississippi State. They cannot let Arkansas do what LSU and Alabama did and take big leads in the first half. I like that one as well. Especially early could be a sleepy crowd if you get out early. If you yeah. score a couple of touchdowns early. It... People just get out of there. Mm-hmm. They'll just call it a day. If, it, if it's 14 nothing State at the end of the first quarter, Arkansas fans will just they'll just go home. I really believe that. And the team might themselves. This could possibly be a quit game, for frankly, for either side. I mean, if if, yeah, if Arkansas agree. jumps on state early, you could see some laying down as well. So uh, vital there. They absolutely cannot let K.J. Jefferson have a clean pocket. The Arkansas offensive line is one of, if not the worst in the SEC. They give up pressures at an extremely high rate. Frankly, they don't block the run particularly well either, and now there's going to be no Rocket Sanders for Arkansas either. So this has got to be a game where State's defensive front looks like what we thought they were going to look like 
all summer leading up to the season. This is a, a group that you should be able to generate pressure on. And, for, and to be honest, I think that, that Zach Arnett and, and, and Matt Brock can take some risks here as well because Arkansas doesn't – that Arkansas doesn't have the same weapons that LSU has, uh, for example. Uh, hell, I, I don't think Arkansas has the weapons that South Carolina has, uh, quite frankly. And so if, if you've got to bring extra bodies, if you've got to take some risks in man coverage to, to get to Jefferson, then I think you got to try to do that. Uh, because if you allow him to have a clean pocket and distribute the football, he can do it and beat you. But he is just hasn't been given the opportunity that much this season. Don't be the first team to give him the opportunity to sit in the pocket and distribute the football. Go get him. If you do, Ole Miss showed you, he'll turn it over. He's not protecting the football well. He fum- they, they fumble a lot, too, does Arkansas. Their fumble rate, which it's kind of crazy, they fumble a lot, but they recover their own fumbles a lot as well. Weird deal there. It's just, that's more of like a, a coincidence as opposed to they're good at recovering their own fumbles. They're, they're just getting lucky. But still, they give the football right. away. They put it on the ground. They throw it to the other team if you get pressure. Got to. Take risks, whatever it is. If you do, you'll win. I agree. I agree. K.J. Jefferson is I mean, he's the best player on the field Saturday. Period. And if, if if state can can control and can limit him, then they have a great chance to win. But if they can't, they cannot win. Simple as that. We'll do uh, Ole Miss Auburn after the break. What's the not that you you know ever want to like speak for an entire fan base, but what is the 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 pulse of Mississippi State fans going into this game? They're they're they're, they're checked out's not the right word, but they don't have a lot of faith. They don't have a lot of, of, of belief at this point, from what I can tell. You know, the, the average Mississippi State fan is looking at this game going, I don't think State can win. I think that, you know, they don't have a lot of faith in Arnett right now. Mm-hmm. The, the the team's not going well. Recruiting isn't going particularly well. And, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, just, they're interested to see what happens at season's end. What is this team's final record? And what does that mean long term? Is it hyperbolic to say that the, the program – not Zach Arnett, not this team. The program needs a win tomorrow. Oh, for sure. State doesn't have any juice right now at all. I mean, they're just, there's just nothing exciting happening for Mississippi State football. So, yeah, they could they could definitely – yeah, they, they need a win. But so does Arkansas. These Both of these teams are desperate to win. Whew. Roster, all-around roster composition. Who's is better? Uh, I mean, it's really close. It's really close. Without looking at the like the twenty four seven team rankings, my guess is there's not a lot of of disparity uh, between these two things. But the most important position, you know, quarterback, obviously Arkansas is much better there. Um, State probably a little bit better at some of the skill positions with with Rocket Sanders out at receiver and running back, maybe a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball. You know, State's got its guys. Arkansas has its guys. Um, I, I don't. Talent isn't a huge disparity. That's why if, if the if this game is goes south, like way south for either team, I don't. I don't. You can't blame talent for it. It will be coaching that, that gets the blame for it. Hard to disagree there. Jason says if State blitzes Jefferson, they better get there or he'll run right up their noses. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of teams uh, with Arkansas. Um, and th- this is very elementary. If there's a football coach listening to this, you're going to laugh at me. But uh, a lot of 
the the stunting has worked where instead of just like generating pass rush with four where they're just kind of like all bull rushing and that, that clears the middle. So many teams are bringing their ends, doing like little twist stunts and bringing their ends inside and the inside guys outside. So they're keeping bodies inside. So there's never that moment where the Red Sea parts and Jefferson can beat them in the middle. I, I've noticed that so many times this year where teams are doing a lot more stunting. They're, they're, because most of the time you have a, a good defensive end, you just let them go cook the tackle, right? Well, that's not how yeah. teams, at least uh, from my 30,000 foot view, are attacking Arkansas. They're keeping things kind of congested in the middle, and that's really working because Arkansas is just so bad at protection that as long as you don't allow them to part the Red Sea, you keep everything just kind of messy. Jefferson's holding on to the ball too long, and you're going to get home, and it's worked so far. Arkansas's offense has been a bit of a bit of a disaster this season relative yeah, to expectations. Yeah, it's the worst in the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. But defensively, they've been much better than I think we expected, and that's what's—I can't say carried them when they're two and five, but that's what's kept them in these games and made them all close. Is they—they've been good defensively. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. We'll turn the page to Ole Miss and Auburn when we come back. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Hayden with you again at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. The weather's changing a little bit. Now we've got a, we got, I wouldn't call it a heat wave, but it's going to get up into the 80s for the next few days. However, you guys have felt it. I've felt it. It is quarter zip weather. And little Q-zip, even though he's not off today, would tell you that Genteel is the best place to get them. I've got one on right now, especially in the morning. When you're having your coffee and walking the dog or whatever you do as the sun's rising in the morning, the, the one I've got on right now is is what I had on this morning, and it was perfect for that weather. It, it's comfortable. It kept me warm, but I didn't get hot. It is the best for the, the Mississippi fall, and they've got your game day polos and their collegiate collection, shorts and pants as well. Played golf. Uh, I was off on Wednesday celebrating little guy's birthday and uh, was wearing – a genteel polo, and genteel shorts on the golf course. Uh, it's not something that we wear because they sponsor the show. We wear it because it's the best, and it is right here in Mississippi. Genteel, genteelapparel.com is the website. Check them out today. So, Ole Miss, Brian Hayden, absolutely must do what if they want to beat Auburn on the Plains tomorrow night? Not beef. Maybe I should save that for the other way. So let me let me let me, let me change that. Uh, they just have to to be themselves. You know, the Ole Miss team that I saw play Arkansas will beat Auburn. The Ole Miss team that we saw play LSU will beat Auburn. The Ole Miss team that we saw play Alabama even will would beat Auburn. They just have to be themselves. Go over there, take care of your business, and and come back with the W. 
They don't have to do anything fancy. Dart doesn't have to throw for 400 yards. Judkins doesn't have to rush for 250 yards. Defense doesn't have to come up with five turnovers. If Ole Miss plays its best game, they will win and win comfortably. That's all they got to do is be themselves. I, I swear I was just listening to uh, the latest edition of the Rebel Report podcast because that's exactly what was said on there. Great minds! If Ole Miss goes there and doesn't play well, if they have early turnovers, things like that, of course Auburn can beat them. Absolutely. I mean, ask Georgia. Georgia shot themselves in the foot early in that, that game. Couldn't get the offense going, had an early turnover, uh, had a coverage bust in there. And then game was on, and they were lucky to survive. Thankfully, if you're a Georgia fan out there, uh, for Brock Bowers, who kind of took over that game and won it for Georgia. If Ole Miss comes out and they play smart football, and it starts uh, with Jackson Dart. Uh, I mean, smart Dart is the the what I called the key on the podcast. If he's smart, if he just protects the football, he doesn't have to take any risks in this game. Hit your checkdowns if they're there. Throw it out of bounds if you have to. Don't force the football anywhere. Just play smart within yourself. You don't have this isn't LSU. You don't have to throw for three seventy five and run for another seventy five with four. T- you don't have to do that. Just protect the ball. Play within yourself. Uh, no coverage busts on defense because uh, th- that's the only way Auburn's going to beat you is if you blow a coverage or if you don't a- account for the quarterback. Smart, fundamentally sound football where you protect the ball and you don't commit stupid penalties. That will win you the game. Auburn can't beat you if you play like that. LSU can. They didn't, but they can. Alabama obviously did. Georgia later, because I had somebody send me a message and say, well, it's kind of stupid to say that if you play your best game that the opponent can't beat you. That applies to everybody. And my my response to him was no, actually no. Ole Miss could play great in Athens and still lose. They, They almost lost to LSU, played great that night for the most part. If they play an A game... They will not lose this game. There, yeah. Auburn doesn't have the horses to line up and do that. Auburn can if Auburn can play its absolute best, but if Ole Miss plays its best, they they cannot win. Auburn cannot win. Yep. On the flip side, Ole Miss absolutely cannot do what if they want to win tomorrow. Be their fans. You cannot be your fans walking up there going, I don't know. You know, we don't have a lot of success here, and Hugh Freeze is going to cook something up for us. You know he wants to win. You just can't have that. Leave the fan behavior for the fans. It's a business trip. You have to you have to treat it like that. Don't walk in with any doubt whatsoever. Ole Miss is the better football team by a large margin. Act like it from the start of the game. Mine is you can't let the quarterbacks extend drives. Ole Miss has been... Awful on third and long defensively. It's weird. They're they're much better on third and short than they are on third and long defensively. Very odd. They they, they do this soft zone stuff sometimes, and it just it doesn't really make sense. You don't have to do that with Auburn. The only way Auburn can extend drives in this game is with quarterback runs, mostly escaping the pocket stuff like that. Uh, Auburn's quarterback is the leading rusher on the team, and it's not Robbie Ashford. It's Peyton Thorne, the other guy. It's actually the team's leading rusher. Uh, They are both capable of beating you there if you don't account for them. I I wouldn't at all be surprised if there's a true spy because you can sacrifice that extra defender because they're not LSU and they don't have two first-round picks at wide receiver uh, in this game. So 
wouldn't be surprised at all if you had a dedicated spy on the quarterback, regardless of which one it is. Uh, but that's how Auburn has had successful drives this season. It's um, third down play, quarterback escapes the pocket, nobody's accounting for him, can, can run uh, for a first down and keep drives going that way. Thorne is a good runner himself. Bad passer, both of them are. But both of them can beat with their legs. Don't let them do that. Mm. When you get them to third down, force the two guys to throw the football. If you do that, they're not beating you. Daniels yeah. at LSU can beat you. These guys can't. If if you if Ole Miss can keep Auburn off schedule, if Auburn is looking, I mean, drives are over for Auburn when it's second and twelve. Done. Second and twelve, the, the drive is over. Auburn's not getting twelve yards in two plays because they can't throw the ball down the field. Can't throw the ball hardly, you know, at all. So yeah, any kind of off schedule. Any kind of tackle for loss, a sack, I mean, Auburn can just go ahead and punt at that point. No uh, no doubt. Bobby in baseball says Auburn absolutely must, dot, 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 get Bo Nix back. That would help. I mean, they, they would be a lot better with him. Oh, man. That, um, I understand why that, like, I get why Bo left, for sure. But, uh the institution has – I wonder if they talk about that much, I guess is what I'm getting at. Do you think Auburn fans weekly are like, God, shouldn't have let Bo go? Got to be, right? Well, I think they don't say let him go. It's not like Auburn processed him. He wanted to leave. But there has to be something of like, yeah, I wish we could have kept him would be the way I would, I would say it, I guess. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, the same thing is true, like – they didn't go get anybody better than Peyton Thorne in the portal, so there's right. that too. They they could have gone and gotten a better quarterback, or they should have they should have at least made that attempt. Oh, hey, Dad, they well, made, they, they made the attempt. They, they made the attempt, but they they should have finished the job. <laughs> I mean, they tried. There were oh, whew, there were efforts made, financial efforts made, not fulfilled. Those are two questions. 601-879-4395 is the text line. This just came across my timeline and it cracked me up, so I'm going to share it with you guys. So the NHL season uh, has, has just started. Hockey is back. So if you know it's a weeknight and there's nothing else going on, you got hockey games now on, uh, on ESPN. They're the owner uh, of uh, NHL games now. Anyway, I saw this picture. This is of Celebration Lutheran Church in Nashville, home of the Predators, obviously. Sign says... God doesn't have favorites, but the sign guy does. Go Preds. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's pretty uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Here's a, I assume this is an Auburn fan texting in. It says, he left. We don't want him back. That's Sterling in Long Beach. Huh? Okay. You say so. I, I'm certainly not an Auburn fan. I, I've... I would disagree with you if I was. I would desperately want Bo Nix on uh, my sidelines. Hey, Dad, do you think John Cohen and Hugh Freeze are chummy? Not in public settings, because of course they are, but behind the scenes. Do you think? I would be amazed if they were. Absolutely gobsmacked. Flabbergasted. What's What other words can I use that British people use? I would be taken aback. <laughs> By that. 
We also got a picture of uh, Lane Kiffin and Brian Harson shaking hands, and it says the closest Auburn got to Lane Kiffin. Not bad. Not bad yeah, meme. It's true. It's true. Somebody says, thank you, I agree with Brian on uh, on that front with the Conan Freeze relationship. What As a, you should. What an As interesting time that uh, that we live in right now. It's true. Hmm. <laughs> Just thinking about it. Oh, oh man. Yeah. We'll get to they Bruce next. Buddy. We're, we're going to get picks from him. BAMsports.net is his website. Bruce uh, has been joining us for a long time. Had a really good week uh, two weeks ago. Uh, that I remember for sure. He called and nailed the Ole Miss and the Mississippi State game. Is he going to do that again? And back-to-back weeks, for their games anyway. We'll find out next. Bruce Marshall will join us when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. One of the best parts of the week is when we get to talk to Bruce Marshall on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Bamsports.net is the website. Bruce, great to great to hear from you on this Friday. So we've been talking all week about the the critical nature of uh, the the games that the teams here in this state are, are facing on Saturday. So let's start with the night game, and Ole Miss and Auburn. Ole Miss, if they can get through this game, have a clear path to uh, another ten win season. Uh, Georgia being the uh, other expected loss, they'll be favored in the rest of their games, though. But here's the question: Do they get past Auburn? in the covering fashion? I don't know. Um, I tend to think not. I just expect a close one here. This has been a tough hurdle for Lane to climb here. He hasn't covered uh, either of his first three tries against Auburn here with the Rebs. Um, and we know there's a lot between here. I mean, I mean, these sides here, with that courtship Auburn had of, uh, of Coach Kiffin after last season, you got the Hugh Freeze factor. Uh, facing Ole Miss. I guess he did face him a couple years ago at Liberty, but uh, here he is again getting Ole Miss. And then uh, 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 back further, you got Coach Tuberville. So, I mean, there's a lot of lot of stuff here uh, between these, these sides. Auburn has been disappointing because I think Peyton Thorne hasn't lived up to what Coach Freeze was hoping at quarterback. But they did have that game at home. I mean, those, the losses, the, the ugly ones against A&M, and then last week at LSU were on the road. At home, they did play Georgia off their feet, um, and uh, he's kind of been kind of a chaos agent in his career. Um, I'm just not sure I want to lay a price here with Ole Miss on the road. I think they could probably pull this thing out, um, but um, if 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 Auburn can slow down uh, the Rebel running game and really force Jackson Dart to beat them, it's going to be tough. Uh, I think it's going to be close. I'd rather take the points. 28-26 Old Miss updated score forecast. I think the Rebels squeeze it out, but maybe don't cover it. Oof. Wow. That will be an exciting night game and, and, and a lot of uh, it, distraught fans here in the state of Mississippi, if, if that's the case. 
Early morning, 11 a.m. kickoff in Fayetteville for Mississippi State and Arkansas. doesn't look like Will Rogers is going to play in this game for Mississippi State. This line's had some movement. I think it started as high as 9. It's down to 6.5 if what I'm looking at is correct. Who, who do you like in this one, Bruce? Well, if, if Mike Wright's going to be taking snaps, uh, that might be the, the plus here. I mean, I, I we've talked earlier in the season that I, I don't think they were really using the quarterback thing quite right here. Uh, no pun intended, quite right. Uh, they needed to use right more if they weren't going to use the old leech offense with Will Rogers. And um, for the most part, I mean, the offense is kind of misfired. We did see Wright get in there a little bit more in the last game. So that might help. Uh, but uh, Arkansas's five-game losing streak, I mean, they've been competitive in all these games. And it's not, I mean, it's uh, some higher quality teams are playing, too. Not getting embarrassed. A uh, little bit of pressure building underneath uh, Coach uh, Pittman. Uh, but K.J. Jefferson still has the capability of making some plays here. And if Wright's there, I mean, I would have rather seen Wright be playing from early on in the season. That would give me a little bit better feel for Mississippi State. Uh, 28-19, Arkansas updated score forecast. I don't love this game. I think there's some negatives both ways here. But if I have to do something, that's how I'd lean. Most of the country will be watching a different game at 11 a.m. our time uh, Saturday. That's Ohio State-Penn State. Two really good defensive teams, but these teams have not had the explosive offenses this year. We were talking earlier this week about Drew Allar and how little he has thrown the ball down the field. He's going to have to do that Saturday. What do you like at the horseshoe in the big game of the day? Yeah, this is his big test, I and mean, the schedule's broken well for them. The one road game they had turned a little dicey against Illinois, which is not that great this year um, for Penn State. And James Franklin has not won this game against the Buckeyes since 2016. So um, that's history against him here, too. I really think now, unless you're Michigan, uh, to get to Ohio State, you probably had to get to him first half of September because they have picked up the pace, and it's sort of been since Kyle McCord has gotten more comfortable at quarterback. You look back at that uh, Notre Dame game, the poise he showed in that last drive, Man, that was really something. And uh, even Ryan Day, you know, you can't coach that. And the kids just got it. And he's gotten better since that win over Purdue was really impressive last week. Um, and like you said, Aller's got to throw the ball downfield some here, and I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Uh, it's not a big price if you like Ohio State. It's under a TD. Why not? 31-21, Ohio State tomorrow. Third Saturday in October. Uh, Alabama has owned it, as you know. Uh, for uh, going on two decades, but last year was one of those crazy college football games that you can't forget. Is revenge on the mind of the Tide, and do you think that you learned more uh, about Tennessee positively or negatively after their A&M game this past weekend? Yeah, uh, I, I definitely revenge on the mind. And Coach Saban, for sure, he, never, he hadn't lost to Tennessee since he got there. I mean, Mike Shula was the last Bama coach before last year who lost that game in third Saturday of October. Um Tennessee, yeah. I mean, I thought there might be a few more points scored last week, but I mean, they made the big play on the kick return, on the punt return, and the uh, the defense did what we thought it would do against Max Johnson. Now, that's the matchup here that's of interest to me because that cheetah package and defense that Tennessee has, it's like a track relay team in their front seven. They really come after opposing quarterbacks. Uh, Milrow moves a heck of a lot better though than um, than Max Johnson. But I mean, Alabama, this is still sort of an old more of an old-style Coach Saban team. They're not going to be throwing the ball like they did with Bryce and Tua and Mac Jones in recent years. Um, and, 
you know, it's just, and we saw last week, I mean, the passing game really went off the rails in the second half, and Arkansas got back in that game. Scoreline, though, uh, both last two uh, Alabama games, uh, you know, mid-40s here, I think that's probably where we're going here, maybe a little lower unless Joe Milton makes some mistakes the other way. But I think this is an under, about 48 and a half, 49. That looks too high to me. There won't be half as many points as they scored last year. Uh, and maybe Tennessee plus. 24-19 Alabama, but I think under is probably the way to look first in that one. Speaking of unders, we would be remiss not to get your thoughts on this Minnesota-Iowa game. Over-under of 30-and-a-half, one of the lowest in recent memories. Iowa is a team that might contend for the national title if they were just average offensively. As it is, got to feel they're going to slip up eventually. I assume you're telling your, your people to take the under on this one. He's still, yeah, thirty and a half, still too high. By the way, you got another game. You got, the Air, Force, <laughs> you got Air Force Navy at what thirty four this week, and there's actually a game. Yeah. we'll beat that one, and that's this one. Um, yeah, I mean that's just the way they do it there. And this, you know, Brian Ferentz, his uh, contract stipulation, and that's just to get his contract to roll over. They're not necessarily going to fire him, but. Um, yeah, he's falling short of that 25 per game, but who cares? Iowa's winning. That's the other part of his contract. Iowa had to win a certain number of games, seven, I believe, and they're almost there. They will probably, they're in the driver's seat in the Big Ten West. I will point out, uh, yeah, this is like an NFL preseason total. It's the lowest college total I remember. But Kirk Ferentz has owned P.J. Fleck. Fleck has not won this battle for Floyd of Rosedale since he got to Minneapolis. So this has been an all-Iowa winning series. I think they win again. This is not a dynamic Minnesota offense at all this year either. Uh, Seventeen to nine, Iowa. That'd keep it under a little bit to the Hawkeyes. That'd be a great offensive day for them at this point. Um, Riley Leonard is a guy. So when you're looking at games like this, Duke at Florida State. Florida State a fourteen and a half point favorite at home. And and all that I've seen about Riley Leonard is day to day. Could play, may not play. You're not getting anything out of Duke. Is that enough to where you don't even touch games like this because one player could dramatically shift the way you think about it, or do you give it a shot anyway? No, I'd stay away until we knew for sure about Leonard. And even then, he's coming off his high ankle sprain. If he's going to lose some of the mobility he normally has, that would be a negative uh, it's sort of like, you know, there's a game in the NFL a few weeks ago with Baltimore and, the, and Cleveland where I kept hearing Deshaun Watson will probably play, and so I made a release on Cleveland, and then, oh, nope, pregame warm-up, he's out, and they put DTR in the rookie from UCLA, and it didn't work. So I'm a little skittish with that. I'd rather just stay away. If Riley Leonard was healthy and playing, I would give Duke a shot, but number might be a little bit less than this because I think they progressed to that point. But last week, they just they broke a couple of big plays against NC State. It was nothing consistent on offense without him. And Florida State, we know, has a lot of potency there. So I'm just going to stay away from this game right now until we hear more about Leonard for sure. Bruce, thank you so much for your time. As always, Bruce Marshall, BAMSports.net. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay, have a good week, guys. Thank you. Bruce joined us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. If the Ole Miss game goes the way he thinks it's going to go, there are going to be people Ooh. that will have severe chest pains when that one's over. Because, like, 28-26 sounds like they kicked a field goal at the end to win it, right? Yeah. Like, Ole Miss is down in the fourth quarter and driving to get the lead. Oh, man, that would be some high drama in that one. 
And then even with the change at quarterback, he doesn't. He still doesn't like Mississippi State. Yeah, didn't uh, like, like the game at all, though. No, no, didn't, didn't. Because he, he with Wright, there's just too many unknowns. I mean, Wright could come out and, and rush for like 200 yards, and, and you know, you don't know. Yeah. So I get that. I I, I would stay away too. Were I a betting man. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the ceasefire text line. Be a part of the show. That's how you can do it. Uh, Richard's going to call us here in a little while. we got to get to this Michigan story, though. Uh, Dellinger had some really good details about exactly what they were doing, and uh, we'll get to that as well as we go throughout the show. But text us, 601-879-4395. We will be right back. Can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple Eight Eight Zero Eight Eight Six Three Seven on Super Talk Mississippi. You excited to watch Ohio State, Penn State? Hey, Dad. Kind of Much a game of the weekend, absent you know yeah. ours, of course. Right, I, I, yeah, that'll that'll be on screen too for sure. I also have a Premier League game at eleven thirty, so I, I just I'm 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 booked at that time of day. How how are you? Please don't anybody call and ask me to do anything. The uh, uh, soccer on the laptop. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Penn State's not explosive enough. I know James Franklin treated that reporter the way he did for asking about throwing it deep, but it was a dumb, bad question. But Penn State's not explosive enough offensively. That is a problem with no. them, at least statistically, anyway. And I don't know if you can go to the shoe and win, as Bruce said, being overly conservative like that, at least with uh, how they throw the football. You got college football tonight, by the way. SMU's at Temple, if that's your thing. It's on ESPN, 23-and-a-half in favor of of uh, the Pony Excess. So you can uh, check that out tonight. Helmet news. Love a classic ACC Big Ten matchup. Yeah. <laughs> Cal and Stanford are in the ACC moving forward. I mean, we How stupid That's are, are, are we? And they're going to, to have, for the lesser sports, home games in Dallas where the teams are going to meet each other in Dallas and play volleyball matches. What they're talking about doing, yeah. They are they are considering that. Very stupid. What is not stupid is Western Kentucky's helmets this weekend. Would you want Ole Miss or State to do something like this? Their mascot is a, a pretty famous because he's just a big red guy. He's just, just big red. That's he's what, re- He's Red Grimace. Yeah, he's Grimace, but red. That's all he is. Right. And uh, his name is Big Red, and he is goofy, and everybody uh, likes him. Western Kentucky has seven different versions of their helmet that they are wearing against Liberty this weekend. Each position group will have a different decal on their helmets. Black helmet, red stripe, red logo, and it is their mascot... Doing different football things in a very cartoonish way. You've got one where he's throwing a pass with a big dumb smile on his face. You've got one where he is uh, in a three-point stance about to 
pass protect. There's one where he's doing the Heisman pose. They've got four more of those, and each position group is going to have a slightly different version of their mascot doing something on their helmet. That is awesome to me. I love it. Again, I say this all the time. It's supposed to be fun. It is. It really, it really is supposed to be fun. So, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And I, if you don't think as a Western Kentucky fan I would buy one of those uh, those stickers and put it on my car, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. We got this message from Jeff and Pontotoc. He said, these are fire. Go Air Force. It's a picture of the Air Force helmet. Uh, they are honoring the, uh, the Doolittle Raids. Uh, they've got a silver, I guess that, that would be a chrome helmet with their, um, the, their is it an insignia uh, on it? And that, I believe that's the word, sure. When they initially released those uniforms, uh, very dumb people online equated that with the bombing of um, Hiroshima. And they thought that, yeah, and so they tried to get Air Force to not wear those uniforms because they didn't understand the difference. Mm -hmm. Because people couldn't even be bothered to look up the differences. They were just mad that the Air Force Academy was honoring a very important part of American history carried out by the Air Force. I don't. I don't know what to. Uh, I don't know what to tell those people. Patch. Sorry. Patch. Thank you, Jeff. Patch. Patch. Oh, Matt too. Yeah. Michael says uh, Ole Miss could have a different mascot for each position group, or just they need to do a juice logo. Just put a lab on there. A lab like catching the ball, yeah. you know, throwing it up with his nose. Running, doing something. I don't know. They can figure it out. I mean, it wasn't technically, uh, it wasn't a lab. It was a golden retriever, but we have Airbud. Yeah. So, precedent has been set. We need to get Bully Logo doing different things. We've got the the, the, the shark playing golf and then the, the Bully playing golf. Why don't they do that with basketball well, and football and stuff? We've got we've got bully playing baseball. The bully baseball logo is iconic. Do it with football too. Have him throwing a pass. I mean, basketball dunking. I mean, I, I'm I'm with you on all this stuff. I think that's a great idea. It would sell, especially the kids. Debbie, you are living right. Debbie sends us. She, she's getting an early start on Food Friday. She's making oh. homemade ice cream. You really are just living right. Every day, every Friday, Debbie's just killing it. We appreciate you listening down in Ocean Springs. College football fix is next. I do want to get to this story because it's at least interesting. Michigan got caught red-handed cheating. In front of the program, Ross Dellinger has the details. Uh, the juicy details of exactly what Michigan's scheme was and what other people in the Big Ten knew about it for years, possibly. We'll tell you all about it when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoon starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. 
patience, but again I'm no bar fly. The wrong thing is the right thing until you lose control. I've got this bag of bad habits in a corner of my soul. Bag of bad habits. I'm working Brian Haydad with you. On a Friday. We've got Food Friday coming up here in about 14 minutes. What are you cooking this weekend with your team on the road? Let us know in 14, 13 minutes from right now. But first, yeah, no. go ahead. Not right now. No. Not right now. Yeah, save it. Don't tell us right now. I hope you've got big plans. Because frankly, I don't. And I need to. But I don't at the moment. So maybe the okay, textures will save us. But for right now, it's time for the college football fix. Got to get into this Michigan story. Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Your team is on the road this weekend, so you should have some time. And the Saints are playing on Sunday, so you should be happy. You're a Saints fan. So test drive an F-150. Best-selling truck in America for almost five decades at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Here's the lead from Ross Dellinger, reading from Yahoo. Michigan hat tugged low, dressed in all blue and gripping a white play sheet. Or is it? The Wolverines analyst and Naval Academy graduate paces the sideline behind a more prominent, before more prominent coaches, Jim Harbaugh and defensive coordinator Jesse Minter. At various points, Connor Stallions would make a signal. He'd point to his shoulder, gesture to the ground, tap his head. He was in constant communication with the full-time assistants around him, whispering to them as the opposing offense broke the huddle. Now, it's important to note that picking up on opponent signs and relaying them to coaches, like that, not against the rules. If they have signs that you can pick up on, that's okay. It's how those signs are obtained is the issue. Here's a quote from a... uh, a coach at a different Big Ten school, to Ross Dellinger. He spearheads the operation, talking about Stallions the analyst. We know what kind of crap you're doing, this coach apparently said to him. You And it's messed up, with a different word. According to Ross, multiple Big Ten staff members identified him as Michigan's sign-stealing guru after the school was, uh, I guess, indicted. Would, would be a, another word you can you can use if you'd like uh, in the NCAA investigation after they're exposed for being investigated by the NCAA. ESPN reported late last night that the NCAA's investiga- investigation into Michigan sign stealing is focused on him. He joined the Michigan staff in the spring of 2022 as a recruiting analyst since his name emerged. Stallions has scrubbed his social media. He's deleted his Instagram and Twitter accounts, which were active up until that point yesterday. But well before the NCAA got involved, those within the league knew of him and his sign-stealing expertise. Here's another Big Ten head coach. Quote, We were told to be careful because they had a guy who could pick plays. It was too late in the week to change our signals, but another staff did tell us about him. Ross points out, as we did a second ago, stealing an opponent's signals during a game or even for television from television broadcast is quite common in college football and not against the rules. However, the NCAA's investigation is more focused on how Michigan and Stallions gained information on their opponents to learn those signals. If the school learned information through in-person scouting of future opponents' games, that violates a near-30-year NCAA rule. 
If the school learned information through the use of recording or video devices, that violates a separate rule. Stealing signs, even to this magnitude, is an issue that uh, apparently provokes disagreement from an ethical standpoint. One Big Ten school source described Michigan sign stealing system as, quote, an elaborate scheme that relied on a combination of video footage and in-person recordings and something that should be banned. Another source said, some things are so obvious you don't do it, it doesn't need to be written down. Another one said, if you don't like it, stop it. Either way, it's a months-long situation that dates back to at least last season. News of the sign-stealing spread enough that multiple Michigan opponents this season dropped its signaling and used wristbands for much of the play calling during their games against the Wolverines. Ohio State staff members knew the issue ahead of their game against the Wolverines last season. The staff, quote, changed things up ahead of the game to combat the sign-stealing issue. Didn't really help them in the actual game, but at least they figured it out. Here's one one final quote, and we will uh, we'll, we'll get to some reaction. We heard they had a guy pick plays pretty good and had all this information from not your typical ways getting the signals. We get into the game, and it's the second quarter. I see him across the field, and he's checking his 11 by 17 play sheet. As soon as we flash something, he knew it right away. You go through the film, and you start seeing a trend of certain coverages versus run and pass. They're getting into the best looks you could possibly get into. Well, there you go. Uh, I said this the other day. I had to mute Ross on Twitter. I really wish he would report on something I, I care about. I, you don't I, care I, about I mean, Michigan I cheating? I loved his, col- his columns from, from the Washington-Oregon game. They were great. Uh, no, I don't. Because the only reason this is a rule is because some schools were too cheap to allow their coaches to go on the road to scout. It's the only reason this is a rule. Now, if, you, if your signs are getting stolen, it means you're terrible at, at giving signs. So the, I, now, I, you know, there's, a di- there's a difference with the... Uh, when you were talking about real technology, like what the Astros were doing, okay, that, that I got an issue with. But I mean, if you're just over there giving out your your, your plays, and the other coaches go, "Hey, this is what that—that's on you, boss." I, I just I can't get too worked up about this. I just can't. I won't. The solution is easy, and I, and I don't know why college doesn't do this already. In fact, it would if they're so worried about game efficiency. This would have been a really good place to start. Have you noticed there's no sign-stealing issues in the NFL? I mean, I know the Patriots were recording practices, but that's not the same as stealing signs. You know why there's no issue there? Because the coach can talk to the quarterback in the quarterback's helmet. It's not expensive yeah, technology. It's an easy fix. It's an easy fix. Poor college football programs have multi-million-dollar budgets. Put put the microphone in the quarterback's helmet and be done with it. You don't have to change your signs. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to worry about a portal player or a former assistant coach giving insider information or being up in the press box and holding binoculars and relaying signals down to the field. I know Ole Miss dealt with that in the past. You don't have to worry about a Michigan analyst that is recording your sideline and then weeks later in your game telling his coaches what play you're running. Why is this not something that they have done right away? Like Once that technology became available in the NFL, why on earth is college not doing the same thing? It, it makes no sense. It, it must be 
another financial thing that, like you said, most colleges can afford this pretty easily, but maybe not all can. Maybe not all can. I don't know. You know, it's so weird. It's like, you know, in business, just because Walmart can do these things doesn't mean that every business, ha- you know, we don't have to make the rules that, okay, well, if since only you know, the family-run businesses can't do this, then nobody can do it. That's not how life works. If you, if you don't have the money to do it, well, then you just can't do it. You got to do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. I, don't have a, I don't have an issue with that. Somebody says, couldn't that be tapped? It's a closed-circuit communication between one person and, and, and another person. I, I mean, can you can you tap into a walkie-talkie? I, mean, I, I don't know. I, uh, I feel like if the I NFL hasn't dealt that. with that by now, then it's probably pretty sound. I mean, because there's billions on the line in the NFL. There's only millions on the line in college. I say only. But um, little things like this... Uh, I mean, it cracks me up that, that Michigan Michigan people have spent years and years and years talking about how they do it the right way and they do it differently and cheaters down in the SEC and they get caught red-handed breaking multiple rules after they got caught red-handed breaking multiple rules. That sounds like repeat offender to me, but the solution to this is easy. Put the microphones in the helmets, and it's done. And you will see more efficient offenses, especially in the two-minute drill especially in those key spots, it will go so much better, so much more efficient. And you don't have to worry about crap like this anymore. I don't know. It seems uh, too simple, I suppose. Yeah, we brought this up yesterday. Somebody said, didn't Dan Mullen argue someone once tapped his headset? I think that's a, is that a different situation, though? The, like the headsets the coaches are on? Hacking into coaches' headsets coach. is far different than... Looking at signs the, and trying the, to decipher the, signs. Well, no, 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 what I'm saying is, like, wouldn't it be different what you're trying to get? If you have a, a line directly from the coach or the quarterback, that's not going to be the same as somebody's, you know, got you, can, is just listening in on your headsets up there. I think that's right. a different situation, different different manner of communication. I could be wrong. Yeah. Sounds, because uh, the coach's headsets go to what, dozens of people. And the coach quarterback communication is just one mono e mono, like just one guy, one guy, and that's it. So maybe it's harder to hack. I'm sure the Patriots have uh, tried uh, before, and the way they're playing right now tells you that they're not successful. So, Food Friday when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Meat.com is the website. I'm actually looking at their recipes tab right now. And, buddy, I've got some ideas for this weekend. Uh, but I need some help from you out there listening. It's 520 on a Friday. It means it's time for Food Friday. And some of the most fun we've had on this show has been talking about, not sports, honestly, but food, cooking, eating. 
our, our favorite ways to uh, to cook out and enjoy this perfect fall weather or make chili when it's winter time or smoking meats in the summer. Either way, we have so much fun on this show talking about our favorite ways to cook and what we're eating on the weekend that we uh, organically partnered with our friends at Polk's Meat, a Mississippi company. No but about no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. We talk every Friday about our favorite ways to uh, eat. Like I did earlier today, I just cut it up and just put it in my skillet and ate the Polk's Cajun. You know, you can be a That's little bit more creative than me, but it was good. It was worth yeah. it. They've got garlic and green onion, their original, and so many more products. Again, check out their website, polksmeat.com. Brian ate out, oh, first of all. You tell us what you're cooking this weekend. 601-879-4395 on the text line. 601-879-4395. Hey, Dad, what are you cooking this weekend? I got a big old pork butt sitting in the fridge. And we're going to make some tacos with it. We got, uh, we're going to have tacos. I'm making a, uh, I got a pork butt that I'm going to do sort of a, some Mexican seasonings on. Uh, maybe put it as a binder, a little hot sauce on there. Uh, and then I'm making a uh, black bean corn salsa, but it's going to be more like a street corn kind of salsa. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Relish might be the better word. It's not very. It's not going to be like blended up. It's going to be chunky. And I'll make some chipotle ranch, which is an incredible recipe. Uh, it's all you got to do is buy some ranch and a couple of cans of chipotles and mix them together, and you you have chipotle ranch. You don't have to do. You literally don't have to do anything else. They've, they, they, big Chipotle has been holding out on you all these years. Um, and then my wife found some tortillas. Normally, you know, I love tacos, right? I like, I, I like eating leftovers in taco form, but taco, man, even small tortillas are a lot of calories. I mean, you just, you're yeah. better off just eating the meat. She found some 20 calorie low carb tortillas. So I saw them nice. and I was like, there's only two options here. Either they taste like or they make you. You, you you can fill in the word there, so I uh, I was like I'm gonna have to eat one. So I ate one. It tasted perfectly normal, and I haven't had uh, any illness issues. So I guess we're good. So I'm also I'm gonna fresh grate some Monterey Jack cheese too. Let me give you guys a, a clue out there. Never buy grated cheese. Grate it yourself. It's a lot cheaper, right? It's a lot cheaper. Plus, the reason like grated cheese doesn't clump together is it's like covered in cellulose and cornstarch, and it's not not good. Just grate it yourself. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. It does there's, feel there's, weird, and now that I think, because I did, I've never it's thought got, about it's it. It's got that grit all over it. That's otherwise it would clump up. Right, man. If you think about it, yeah, the kind never of the, buy the crap that cheese. we put in our bodies every day. Awful. If you think about awful. it. Yeah. Especially kids, like the stuff that that you mostly give to kids. If you read like the ingredients, you think, "What did I just put in my child? What? What?" No yeah. wonder that never the, read the ingredients if you're not sure. <laughs> just don't do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> so we'll just go to the text line because I'm not. I mean, I've got bagel bites for the little guy tomorrow because he loves bagel bites and he will watch football with me if I give him bagel bites. And so. Dude, I'll watch football with you if you give me bagel bites. Bagel I'll bites be honest with you. I'll show up. Me and me and Mr. James will sit there and eat a couple dozen bagel bites. Man, and just get a big old... Can we get some pizza rolls, too? Sure. Yeah. I like bagel bites better, fryer, though. You can have all the pizza rolls you want. 
less burn when you bite into them. You know, pizza rolls like oh, when you bite into a pizza roll, it's it's like eating lava. Yeah, that's why you get a little thing of cool of, of of again of ranch dressing and just dip it in that. It cools it right off. Toss it in some buffalo sauce, make a buffalo ranch. Yeah, you right. can do that as well. Buffalo ranch again. It's not difficult to make. It's just you need a little buffalo sauce and some ranch, and boom, you got buffalo ranch. It's not hard. Jeremy in Columbia leads us off. He said, I'm cooking deer chili with Mexican cornbread and smash burgers, and I'll grill some jalapeno and cheese deer sausage at a boy. Open the, That's good. Open the casing of melted cheese and maybe some of that chili if you like. Best sausage. Wait. This is. This, I think this got out of. Uh, okay. I think this got out of order. It did. It did come out of order. It, but we got you though. Yeah. That sounds really I'm, good. Yeah. yeah, it sounds good. Sounds good. Stuffed pork chop on the smoker. What are you putting in it? Have you done stuffed pork chop? Uh, I've never done them. But I mean, you can buy them. Yes, yeah. they stuff them with all sorts of things. I've. Uh, I'm not much for stuffed because it's just it's just it's just difficult. Yeah, and so often I, I guess I screw up somewhere. Um, Everything falls out of it, and it just ends up not. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, I should tie I'd, it off. I'd rather just. Yeah. Yeah. I just know. Apparently, they've got keto ones for you, hey dad. If you're, if you're. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Low calorie. I don't know how they do it. But it tastes the same. Debbie's got king crab and lobster Alfredo. Looks amazing. And uh, she wants yeah, you to revisit your ribs from last week. We've gotten a lot of requests of that, actually. So to revisit them from a yeah. week ago, how'd that go? Oh, they were, they, I was so happy with them. I, and I'm normally a, a really hard on myself when I cook, but these were really good. Um, took, I mean, three slabs of baby bags. You would think normally that's, what, about five hours worth of cooking? I was, I was done in about 90 minutes. And you just cut, you cut, you take the membrane off and then cut the ribs up individually. And then you cook them around a charcoal vortex. I think it was around 300, 325. Maybe I got up to 350 at some point. Uh, and then, you know, I rubbed them. I then made a salty Asian style marinade. So I put a sweet barbecue rub on them. I, I had, I had three of them that were just sitting around the house. The, the predominant one was Meat Church's Honey Hog and rubbed them down, put them on the grill for, you know, how about 90 minutes. And then uh, came back, came outside once the temp was right. They were sitting about 195, 200. Uh, it took each rib, had the had, a, had the, the marinade in a bowl, the glaze in a bowl, and just dunked them, put them back on the grill. Walked away for like five minutes, came back. They were tacked up nice, and I, uh, I pulled them off. They were good. They were really, really good. Nice. Got a picture of Dan from Louisville. Smoked pork loin stuffed with cream cheese and jalapenos. Yeah, he... Uh... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't ever get those to work. Me either. Everything just falls out. Get a good picture of uh, some done pork butts. Great crust on those, man. Uh, those look those fantastic. Look, those look and he's doing yeah. pulled pork sandwiches. Am I weird if I, I don't like pulled pork sandwiches? I think the bread kind of ruins all the hard work that you put you into eat, the meat. Do you want to eat pulled pork? Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. If it's like... Um, so if if I have to go to like a chain place, or if it's like a you know a fundraiser thing where it's not the best pulled pork, sure, fine, put it on bread and, and I'll eat it and I'll be happy. But if it's something that I spent like sixteen hours on and, and like did injections and rubs and, and like made it really good, I'm not about to slap that on a big bun and just kind of ruin the 
the flavor of everything I made. I don't know. Like, I don't like brisket sandwiches either. Just because it's yeah. so good on its own, the bread, like, masks it. I don't know. Yeah, I got you. The, like, the only reason to do that is if you're going to put, like, if you want to get slaw and, and some sauce on there, then, then the bread can help. It can be a vessel for you. Will from Guntown sends us a picture from the tractor on the farm. Said another successful Food Friday. Appreciate you, Will. Uh, love those pictures. Always cracked open a natty light. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody smoked. Careful on that tractor. <laughs> those things drive themselves nowadays. I hope, man. Dude. They they map the farm and just just go. We got uh, Nathan and Newton sends us a picture of. What is that? Five blocks of smoked cheese. I would love to to give that a shot. Man. That looks really good. That's great. Yeah. Got a video sent here. Unfortunately, it came in way too small. We're not going to be able to see whatever's on the smoker, but hope you're having fun. Our text line doesn't receive iPhone videos very well. No, it doesn't. 601, we got over-the-top chili happening. That's very good. Somebody says, check out Malcolm Reed's latest video, sushi-style sushi hot wings. I saw the, the pictures of that, and it's got that spicy mayo, and I am not a fan of that. So I don't know. I'll you give like it a look. But I, I never get I try to I try to avoid it as, as best as best I can. Jake, that's the exact uh, feeling I had a few weeks ago. He said, I grew up eating bagel bites, bought a box of them for the first time in like 15 years last week. They were just how I remembered. Yeah, man. I had that exact same thought. And now it's like a every Saturday thing for the little guy and I. We just eat bagel bites and watch football. Yeah. Is what it is. Uh, a lot more of your messages have come in. We'll have to wait till the final segment uh, to, to get to as many as we can because uh, some guy named Richard Cross, you may or may not know that name. Um, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you might be vaguely familiar with uh, with who that is. But you recent listeners may not. No, I'm kidding. But we will uh, we'll talk to Richard next. Uh, get his final thoughts on the games this weekend, and then we'll wrap up the show with some more Food Friday. Food Friday, presented by Polks. We'll be right back. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on supertalk.fm, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi and on the Farm Bureau guest line. Not a guest, but Richard Cross joins us now. Hey, Richard, real quick. Haydad, I couldn't get Haydad to care at all. Like, not at all about the details of how Michigan got caught and what they were doing in the in the uh, the cheating scandal, the sign-stealing scandal. Tell me you've got something to, to add after reading Dellinger's report this morning. I mean... I don't know. I'm like I'm having trouble finding this massive amount of outrage for it, especially when you probably could do most of what they were doing by, you know, just going to a game and watching it randomly that some random fan could do or watching the TV copy. I, to me the thing that that you get hung up on is it is a rule, but there's it's not like a punishable rule, at least as best I can understand from kind of what the NCAA rulebook says. So, I don't know. I mean, 
Jim Harbaugh is a scumbag? Is that, I mean, is that hot take? Is that is that new either? No, my the, the thing that I took away the the most from it was there's an easy solution here that already has happened in football for years now, and the technology exists, and you know maybe the Furmans of the world can't or wouldn't want to afford it, but. Um, oh yeah, it's easy. It's easy. Yeah, I mean, you, you you have to go to speaker in the helmet for the quarterback yeah. and for a defensive captain. It is, it, it's just not an expensive solution at all. I mean, at, at every stadium in America, including high school stadiums, we've got coaches on headsets to a press box. It's no different. It's just doing a little earpiece or whatever inside a quarterback's helmet and your middle linebacker or whoever your defensive captain is. And the, the fact that that hasn't been done is lazy and inept by whoever it is that's in charge of making that decision. And I've had coaches tell me that also. They're like, uh-huh. what, what, what are we doing? Why are we not putting uh, a speaker in the quarterback's helmet? It just makes absolutely no sense. I went to a high school game a few weeks ago where they had – it was on wheels. It was this big bo- – this huge box that had uh, – a television on it and the, the this is high school football and the players were going through play by play watching the film of the previous drive on the sidelines of a high school football game yep. first time i ever saw that was earlier this year you guys remember i went to the oxford lafayette game week one i was standing on the oxford sideline and they had the the same type deal i mean it looks like a big like a big rolling cart and a tv pops out of the top of it and i was like wait is that stuff from this game they're like yeah I was like, where's the video coming from? And they pointed up. They've got a drone that they are flying over the field that is videoing and then just remotely or wirelessly sending the video feed to this screen, and they're going through it. I'm like, okay, things have changed a little bit since uh, the, the fall of 1998. So, yeah, if they have it, long story short, the SEC and Big Ten should – should too. So Bruce earlier, by the way, uh, hated the Mississippi State game. Not hated Mississippi State. He didn't pick them, but he doesn't want to, doesn't want to touch the game. Doesn't like the game at all. Isn't sure about Mike Wright. Did pick Arkansas to win and cover though. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, I agree with him. I, I mean, I, and I can't help but look at these. You know, three losses that Arkansas has had. Their last three losses have all been close losses. They they lose by a field goal to LSU on the road. They lose by a touchdown to Ole Miss on the road. They lose by, what was it, four or three last week to Alabama on the road. And they, they've been close against some teams that are having success this year. And it's just hard for me to go against that when I see so many questions with Mississippi State. I'm, I'm curious if State was able to do anything during the bye week um, that it makes them look any different than they have. But, you know, at, at some point there's like the fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, or fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And look, I, 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 I was never on the this Mississippi State team is winning eight or nine games. I just didn't think that was there with the schedule that they were playing and the personnel, the coaching staff, and everything else. But I didn't think they were going five and seven or, or six and six either, and they just haven't performed on the field. So state's got to prove it to me before I, I really kind of jump off on that. And I do understand that we're talking about an Arkansas team that's lost five in a row. So I don't know what that says. Um, maybe it just speaks to how little faith I've got in the Bulldogs right now. 
The other side of that coin is the Ole Miss game, and Bruce hey, hey, Dad. Uh, gave a re- hello. He gave a result that will have uh, some people of a certain red and blue denomination uh, sweating throughout the night on uh, Saturday. He said 28-26 Ole Miss. He thinks it's going to be really, really close. Bruce is the expert. He's living better than me, but I don't agree with that at all. I, I don't either. Um, I, I might have been a little aggressive when we were talking off the air earlier this week when I was like, I think Ole Miss wins this game by 30. But I don't think my opinion has drastically changed. See, to me it's pretty simple. If Ole Miss jumps out fast, they can kind of name their score because I think this Auburn team will lay down. But I think Auburn has invested a lot in the preparation of this game. You know, you you might even point to the performance last year as, you know, not spending enough time getting ready for LSU because maybe they were working on Ole Miss. But, look, if Ole Miss, and I know you guys have probably already done two questions. I was kind of thinking about that earlier today. It's like, you know, what can Ole Miss absolutely not do? They can't start slow and allow Auburn to hang around. To me, that's the recipe for disaster for Ole Miss. If Auburn hangs around and all of a sudden Jordan Hare really gets going about, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock tomorrow night, you're into the fourth quarter, and it's a one-score game, and that crowd's rocking, okay, now you, now you could be in trouble. I mean, you, you could find yourself in a really uncomfortable situation. And, and so it's Ole Miss has been really good on their opening drive. They've been really good in scripted situations. They need to be good in scripted situations tomorrow. I mean, is Auburn going to try and upset the apple cart and make Ole Miss go on defense first? I mean, I don't know. But I do know if Ole Miss wins the toss, they're taking the ball. And if Auburn does what most other teams do and wins the toss and defers, Ole Miss is going to get the ball. And so there will be a chance for Jackson Dart, Quinchon Judkins, Lane Kiffin to kind of set the tone right out of the gate. And I think if Ole Miss could score on their opening drive and then get a defensive stop on Auburn's first possession, assuming the Rebels get the ball to start the game, I think that could take a lot of air out of the stadium early. And then it's, okay, can Ole Miss stack a couple of drives up and make this thing look like, okay, here we go again? To me, that's the flip side of the thing, right? I mean, if it's close, that crowd could really get going. If it's ugly, that crowd could turn. They could turn on Auburn. They run Peyton Thorne out there and, you know, he gets booed or, you know, offense goes three and out three times in a row. It could go the other way as well. I had a friend text me when we were doing two questions that said Hugh Freeze getting booed off the field would be like drugs to me, is what he said. <laughs> the, the, the therapy that would happen on Saturday with an Ole Miss dominating win would be uh, unlike... Uh, I, I don't think your buddy was talking about smoking a doobie either. I think no. he's talking about a little, uh, little bit higher, higher level drugs, right? <laughs> yeah, probably so. But man, like that—that that would be therapy for a lot of people to to watch Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss beat Hugh Freeze up and down a field. And it, it, there's a chance it doesn't happen, but that would uh, that would cause a lot of people to take really big, deep breaths afterwards. I can't wait for 11 o'clock in the morning. We, we get Mississippi State, Arkansas. We get Ohio State, Penn State. It's the exact same time. What a way to start a, a football Saturday in late October. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, can't wait. I'm glad. It's, imagine that, a great day of college football. Imagine that. Taxes and college football Saturdays that are awesome. You know what else is awesome? 
this view out over the Atlantic Ocean from the uh, the rooftop of the hotel. Not bad. Yeah, a lot of people have asked today what game you're calling. By the way, I've got uh, I've got UTSA, so Texas San Antonio at FAU. Uh, spent some time with Tom yeah. Herman earlier today. Uh, he was. Did you? Yeah, very pleasant to be with. Re- really interesting conversation. Jeff Trailer uh, talked with him day before yesterday. I guess it was, or no, it was yesterday. Um, mm. I mean, you want to talk? There's a contrast with those two guys, definitely. Jeff Trailer, former high school coach in Texas, and you know he's a Texas guy. And you got Tom Herman, who's been a little everywhere. And I think we forget just how good he was early in his career. I tell you, I can't wait to meet old Tom. Those days will be here soon enough, though. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. really? Yes, get to know him. We'll that's be talking to him again street. soon. That's that's the rumor on the Brian Haydad. I'm the one who started this rumor somehow. Yeah, Haydad has created chaos around the name of Tom Herman. Yeah? I'm an agent of chaos. Okay. So, Have a so. good call tomorrow, Tom, man. I'll see him again soon. Yeah. Thanks, boys. That's uh, that's Richard Cross joining us from uh, Boca on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. That guy. That guy. 601-879-4395 is the text line. We will be right back. Final thoughts with you heading into the weekend. Don't go anywhere. Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky's Brian Haydad. Glad to be with you on this Friday. Just a few more minutes left in the week. Hope you guys have a safe and happy weekend. If you're traveling to Fayetteville, if you're traveling to Auburn, be safe. Be careful. Have fun. And bring back a couple of wins. That would make a much more enjoyable Monday than this past one without any games at all. And a much more enjoyable Friday than we had to start the show. I'm still bitter about the Saints. I'm not going to let that go. I'm, I had a horrible day today. Just horrible. I tell you, I've made a I've made a living off of being bitter. It's okay. Don't don't let anybody tell you that you, you can't hold that. It's still inside. You know, I still I still remember things from the '80s. I hope I forget a Thursday night game against the Jags at some point. Just not today. Well, this one, yeah, yeah, this one, yeah, I get. But there there's going to be some big ones here and there. You just like like how 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 old are you? If you're 30? 31. 31. When you're 71, you will still be able to close your eyes and see that Ram defender yeah. crashing oh, yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, forever. Forever. I got close my eyes see it right now. Clear as day. I can still see uh, Stefan Diggs, you know, and, that, and catching the meaningless miracle. Uh, Marcus Williams. Uh, just, 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 just tackle him. Oh, and then poor so Foster like Moreau that. last night. Dude spends the offseason beating cancer. 
and had that moment and just couldn't. That was tough. Get this message here. I think the Ole Miss-Auburn game is much closer than y'all think. Certainly possible. I don't think it's going to be close at all. I'll just come out and tell you. I don't think it's going to be close at all. I think Ole Miss is going to run them off the field. We're just having fun today. How does Haydad feel about the name Manny Diaz? He's a good, a average to above average defensive coordinator. He's done a really good job with Penn State this year. Done a really good job yes. there. Yeah. We get this message, too. Tell Richard. Uh, we will. I'm sure he's already got this mapped out, but uh, in case he doesn't, I will send him this message. He said, tell uh, Richard that a Mississippi guy plays running back for UTSA. Robert Henry, Robert Henry, he was a JUCO player last year and graduated from Lumberton High. That's awesome. Yeah, Trailer's cool. a good coach there at UTSA. I, they're not having their best year. I figured he would be at least some degree of candidate for the A&M job. He, he got his start in Texas high school ranks and uh, has, has built UTSA. I mean, look at his record there. They've they've been awesome, and he recruits well and he develops well. Uh, but the timing of him not having his best season is unfortunate with A&M about to come open because I think he would have at least been some, and he still might, but I think that if they'd be undefeated again or whatever at this spot that his name would be more popular. Uh, I still think he's going to get some kind of an interview or something, but um, yeah. Yeah, really good G5 coach. That'll get the Power 5 opportunity soon. Yeah, eventually. Eventually. So explosive on offense. Dwayne asks if uh, you think Will's coming back after this game. Uh, I think eventually he'll be back this year. Yeah, I don't know about about next week, but I I don't think he's done here at Mississippi State. The question, of course, becomes if Wright is successful, do you make the change back? I don't think that they would, but... We'll see. Over under 100 state fans traveling to Fayetteville. Oh, come on. Be over that. Come on. Here's a better one. Over under 1,700. That's probably, I mean, that's probably not that big a deal. Yeah, I would say under, but like outside of the Egg Bowl, how many times do you see visiting fans, that many visiting fans? Very rarely. That's a tough place to get to. It's a long drive. People don't ever think think about you. Know, you think about Arkansas borders Mississippi, and you're like, okay, it can't be that far. It's, I mean, you're closer to Tulsa than you are to almost anything else. So yeah, and you're way up in the mountains. Beautiful place though. Yeah. Somebody said Kiffin will be the next coach at A and M. I said it first, buddy. You 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 are not the. You you didn't say it first. <laughs> you, yeah, you're uh, not the. Uh, Another one, breaking freeze to A&M. Let's just make it full circle. Hugh Freeze spends a year working for John Cohen and then starts working for Ross Bjork again. That'd be great. You know, I mean, it was a winning partnership. Get, get, get the tricycle loaded up. Bjork's coming to Auburn. Elizabeth sends us this message, and this is how we're going to end the show. Get into your weekend with some positivity, and, and, and if you're the praying type, send some Elizabeth's way. She said she got a good report on her cancer scans in Jackson yesterday. She ends it with a hottie toddy. Elizabeth, thank you uh, for letting us know. Congrats on that. Hope it continues to go well. Uh, we'll we'll, think, awesome we'll be thinking about you and praying for you and, and hope uh, the rest of the audience will send those your way as well. What a great way to end the week. 
and take us into the weekend. Shout out to you, Elizabeth, and uh, thank you for listening. But we're done. That's it for the week. Mississippi State, Arkansas, 11 a.m. tomorrow. Ole Miss, Auburn, 6 o'clock. Hopefully, just being honest, hopefully we're coming back on Monday talking about a couple of wins. We'll see you guys then, Monday, 3 o'clock. Y'all have a great weekend. Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you then. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.